0: Andrew, also known as the Cashflow King, is joining us, and we're sending love to our friend Mario this morning, and I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how United States regulation is changing by the day, with new presidential candidates now discussing how crypto is clearly a commodity and not a security. While we have the BlackRock and XRP news behind us, we've got more positive news coming out of the IMF, as a new collaboration with a third party shows that Ripple is in the conversation. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we had an exciting episode yesterday. So for anybody who didn't check it out, Crypto Area was a great guest. But first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here.
1: She was great. And good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love you guys. Appreciate you every single day for showing up, being true warriors, hanging in there in a, in, in a category that everybody thinks is a scam. You are a true warrior. Thank you for being here. And, Andrew, so great to see you, buddy. I can't wait to hop into it. As abs, as you said, definitely want to send some love to our brother Mario. We love you, brother. Absolutely, guys. And, Andrew, there was a lot of conversation this week. Did
0: BlackRock foul for an XRP ETF? Well, there's no rumors around this one. Last night, BlackRock accelerated their filing for an Ethereum ETF. That's exciting for the crypto market overall.
2: But first of all, how are you feeling this morning? And thanks for being here. Hey, I'm great today, guys. Uh, yeah, It's uh, it's uh, 5 p.m., 5.14 p.m. here in the Netherlands. So good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. And I'm so excited because not only the crypto market is yeah showing some volatility, also the stock. The, the, the crypto related stocks company you know today I locked in ten percent profit with a Coinbase uh, 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 investment trade and with a Square trade you know and that that's the power of the yeah of the smart investor course we are you know, we are making money all the time not only with crypto but also with stocks so it's fun and and uh, yeah I look I'm looking forward to a great show today uh, guys Thank you so much, Andrew. We always look forward to having you. And guys, we already got
0: 182 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, a debate me and you are going to have during the show today. Ripple IPO versus an XRP ETF. I saw BitBoy stream yesterday. I thought it was some great content. And obviously, we're going to keep it friendly, my friend. But we're going to dive into this thing the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we check out some of our daily movers this morning, we have AVAX up 12% on the day. And Johnny, if you didn't get to check this out, you're going to be excited about this news as JP Morgan was testing tokenized portfolios with the Avalanche blockchain technology. But we're going to cover that later in the episode. We've also got Dogecoin up 4%, XDC up 3%, rest of the market up about 2% on the day. When we look at our total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at $1.39 in total market cap. Bitcoin is 51% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 36500 Ethereum, 2074 cents, Teetering that line right now, $0.62 cent XRP. Solana, $61. We also got Cardano sitting at uh, $0.38 cents this morning, guys. And we're going to start this thing with a pretty exciting update out of the U.S. presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy because he was criticizing the SEC's regulation of crypto thus far and get ready for this to hit the presidential stage, guys. Here we go.
3: Most forms of cryptocurrency should be in the category of commodities, not securities. They fail the test of what securities were all about in the first place. But whatever the rules of the road are, they deserve to be cleared. And my litmus test of whether or not they're clear is if the head of the SEC or the commissioners of the SEC cannot instantly answer whether or not some widely used cryptocurrency or coin counts as security or a commodity, that means the rules that we have right now are a failure. My view is
0: strong words from this man right here, Johnny Crypto. And I know it's WWE. I get it. These guys, I'm not saying he's a good guy, but I love the fact that the narrative is changing. And even though we're witnessing companies change their narrative, political campaigns now talking positively about crypto, we've never seen that in the US before. So what do you take away from this news?
1: I told you when the big boys are ready to play. Once they get their hands around the sandbox, you're gonna they're gonna flip the script and the heel turn has been done. Crypto's now the good guy, um, and the rest of the world now is just lagging behind. It's like a WWE, you know, a, a script, but just people haven't realized yet that 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 crypto's good, right? You, you go around the rest of the world still, and you know you still have the smells and the remnants of the bad guy being the bad guy, even though he's turned good. And it takes a little time for that to get into everybody's mind. I mean, most people still think crypto is a scam. But over the next year, you're going to hear nothing but great things about crypto. And, you know, now we got an ETF and now we got multiple ETFs. And then the, the the now we're going into campaigns and we got campaign guys talking about crypto, which that never happened before. I mean, that didn't happen in 2020. I don't remember Trump and Biden talking about crypto to you. So, this is kind of a new thing that we're going to hear about it. And it's actually a good thing that we're hearing about it. It's going to bring it to the mainstream. It's going to bring it to the forefront. People are going to start to learn what the hey, what's this crypto thing all about? And then they're going to see CNN and Fox News saying, hey, there's a Bitcoin ETF, you know, crypto thing. Go get into that. And so, I think, yeah, man, I, I said it earlier as I say it every day, there's going to be a tsunami coming into this space. And you're starting to see everybody talk about it. That's how
2: you know the tides are turning.
0: Andrew Castle, I'd love to get your take as well, and then I'll
2: share. Yeah, what you see here is, again, the power of the media. You know, the media can make or break uh, whatever they want. And, and you know, the media is, is, is managed by just a couple of companies over the whole world, at least in Europe and, and in the U.S., so they, they decide what narrative is, is published to the, to the public. And, and at this moment, you know, crypto is good. And uh, they, they are not saying CDBC is bad. But I mean, for us, I don't care. I need, I need a lot of uh, 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 positive attention for the, <laughs> for the, for, for the crypto uh, uh, space. So I like this kind of news. Uh, and you know, guys, be sure what you're doing. And uh, and, and take advantage
0: of it. Andrew, I'm going to play this one more time, guys. This is Vivek calling out Gary Gensler's regulation at the SEC. One second here.
3: Here we go. Not securities. They fail. My view is that most forms of cryptocurrency should be in the category of commodities, not securities. They fail the test of what securities were all about in the first place. But whatever the rules of the road are, they deserve to be clear. And my litmus test of whether or not they're clear is if the head of the SEC or the commissioners of the SEC cannot instantly answer whether or not some widely used cryptocurrency or coin counts as security or a commodity, that means the rules that we have right now are a failure. My-
0: wow. And that's why we're showing that to start off the show, Johnny Crypto. But we got 294 live listeners here. I'm going to switch my audio back to the regular
1: settings. Give me a final take on this. He's potential- right, Abs. He's right. The fact that we're sitting here having this conversation about a law, that was determined in 1943 or 44 for a technology that was created in 1988 and really hasn't come to fruition until 2023. We're almost 80 years away from that. And we don't have a law or a rule that clarifies what this is. That's a problem. He's hundred percent spot on. It instantly tells you We're playing in the sandbox and there's no walls. The sand's dropping out all over the place here. Where are the freaking walls on this thing? And we know that Congress has to put those things in place. And we know there's some bills that have been floating around for, I don't know, it feels like 50 years now. I'm kidding. It's only about three or four years. So we've been hearing regulations coming. But all we do is keep hearing about it. We don't see rules moving forward. We don't see these legislations, these bills that they're working on moving forward now i'm not watching congress every day either but i'm not hearing like you hear about it and then it kind of goes away for a year and then you hear a little bit more and mean a little change and it goes away for another year like it takes so long it's like snails it's like turtles moving over here so hopefully we can speed these turtles up light a little fire under their butt and get them moving a little bit faster so we can actually get some real regulation coming in here abs and, and and clarify this whole space for us
0: Andrew, we're in such a unique portion of this market. We talk about how we finally exited the depression, entering the hopium, but this is how confusing it is for regular retail investors. Now, Johnny, this statement seems naive because we understand the topic. If you just follow this man for news and you see this, you're going to take him at his word. And that's why I'm showing it on our show. Charles said this morning, Ripple didn't win, it lost. Retail XRP holders won for now because Judge Torres issued a truly idiotic, split the baby ruling. That's the laugh of the Southern District. Andrew Cashflow, I just want to get your statements on how confusing it can be right now as a new retail investor. We've got BlackRock accepting these technologies, talking about Bitcoin positively, filing for an Ethereum ETF. We're going to discuss that in a couple of minutes. And on the other hand, the only token that has actual clarity in the US is the most criticized. So what do you take away from all this news?
2: (laughs) The the split baby, that's a typical biblical uh, 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 expression. So yeah, who is right? Who is wrong? at least, what we know for sure is there will be a lot of volatility in the market in the coming year. We can, because now, what you see is there is the 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 yeah sort in in the government sort of uh, early, early adopters for 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 crypto, you know, in in the government uh, area or the institutional area, and you have the laggards, and they are now fighting the the yeah the doing doing the game, and 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 that that's an interesting game. But as we always say. First, you know, and' we'll, we'll get it right. First, they laugh at you, or if first they ignore you, then they laugh at you. you know, then they fight you, and then you win. And that that is exactly what's happening. It will take maybe another year before uh, it, it it is crystallized, but at least what I see is in Europe, we have the Micar uh, uh, regulation now, and it 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 works, we see. Uh, for example, crypto exchanges uh, 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 moving out of the Netherlands that what, do not want to uh, to work there anymore. Others are coming in. It is regulated. You know, everything is now transparent. They even get rules that you that they have to, uh, yeah, KYC. But they also will deliver on a uh, uh, on a regular basis all your transactions to the to a governmental institution. Like a, like a CIA or whatever kind of institution in the Netherlands, which they also already did for banks, but also your telephone, uh, 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 high-level information, you know, the meta-information of telephone companies. So, you know, let's, let we don't make a difference. Uh, they know everything about you, but what is important, that crypto innovation will continue. And that's what, at least what I experience here in uh, in Europe. That's good. Yeah, US will be a little later. However, US will also have a huge uh, uh, innovation potential. So, will they catch up later? Pro- probably yes, because also a lot of innovation is done outside by by US people, but uh, uh, outside the US. But I think we will on we are on the on the right path now. I
0: agree with you, Andrew. And I think something else I took away from that clip, Johnny, is. Clearly, if it's not a security, it's not going to be regulated by the SEC. What he said is that he he believes it's a commodity. And this is the agency that regulates commodities, guys, as the CFTC is outlining how they could have an emergency regulation of crypto if the measures warrant the procedure. Here we go. The way
4: that we have it's looking at it and proposed tools that are available. There are some powers that the CFTC, uh, where I sit, has, but for something like this, which is... Right now, uh, particularly spot crypto is not something that we can directly go in and intervene. There might be some limited circumstances where we have emergency powers, but that that would need to be examined. We, as you know, are primarily uh, very focused on the system of regulation around uh, marketplaces, around exchanges and clearing houses, and those market participants around commodity derivatives.
0: You heard it there, Johnny. Talking about the emergency regulation of crypto, it would be necessary if we're not seeing any progress. Now, I think we are seeing progress. I think Senator Loomis, although she's very pro Bitcoin, pro Ethereum, we do have a bill on the way and that will be addressed, I believe, in the first quarter of 2024. So not only do we have BlackRock and a lot of the lobbyists becoming pro crypto, now we're seeing the politicians become pro crypto. And the last one, the regulatory agencies. The CFTC wants to make money here, guys. Everybody wants to make money. Gary Gensler is pushing a specific narrative. We showed it yesterday. If He's going to become the treasury of the U.S. His job is to protect the value of fiat. That's why he's anti-crypto right now. That's one of the biggest threats to the value of the U.S. dollars, the cryptocurrency
1: market. So, Johnny,
0: I want to get your thoughts and we'll kick it to Andrew.
1: Well, I think he's anti-crypto because he's buying time for, for the big boys to get in their positions or wherever they want to do. So I think that's part of it as well. But, you know, she mentioned the CTFC there and they have limited powers. As you heard, they have to have like emergency rulings to be able to do anything. So they don't have a lot of control of this space either, because, again, we don't have good clarity from Congress saying who should be, you know, what are the rules? What are these things? And so we can then know who regulates these things. And that's what's all missing. Ab. So it's it's kind of it's still we're at the very beginning of something. And when you're in the beginning, that's what happens. So the rules aren't clear nobody knows what's going on. It's all puffy smoke. And, you know, but I think at the end of the day, as Andrew said, innovation is going to continue in this space. The sooner we get regulation, the sooner more money comes in, money drives everything, the more money, the faster things will accelerate in terms of that innovation. Um, Because it's going to happen, but you can accelerate it when more money comes in once, once it's clear and it's regulated and, Companies don't have to worry about, you know, is the SEC going to come breathing down their back kind of a thing. Once that risk is off the table, that's when you get to see innovation really start to fly.
0: Andrew, this is another stat I found this weekend. It was very interesting. The United States' lack of crypto clarity is inadvertently fueling Tether's ascent to power. With politicians failing to act, money is flowing from uncertainty to stability, boosting the value of Tether here. And as you can tell, the charts really speak for themselves. USDC's value has gone from $45 billion to less than $25 billion in just a six-month period. Correlated to Tether, it's done the complete opposite. And if I had to guess, I'd say a lot of that liquidity is flowing from one into the other. So with the uncertainty of the regulation in the United States that we're witnessing right now, how much do you think of that as contributing to what we're seeing here with these two stablecoins?
2: I. I, if I'm very honest, uh, I, I can't tell if there is money flowing from USDC to USDT. However, what what is very remarkable uh, a year ago, I think we spoke very negative about USDT. You know, the USDT was bad and it was unstable and it was not good. And you know, and USDC that was good because that was also connection with Coinbase. And uh, you know, it was much better. And look, look what's happening now. So you can't see what's happening. Let me say the following about stablecoins. Why do you use, we as, as, as retail uh, investors, why do we use stablecoins? We use them to get in and out the market. However, if you want to exit a trade and wait for, for a drop down and then go in again, and if you are on a crypto exchange, do not hold your money in USDT or USDC. Just hold your money in fiat currency. And if you want to store it a longer time, just pull it back to your bank account because in your bank account it's it's safer to keep it there. And and
0: I I, I may interject, Andrew. I gotta interject, not because I disagree, but just because I think so many people come into this market to not to not do exactly what you described, not having to take my cash and put it like I do. I get paid, I get a paycheck. It has to go into my bank account because it needs to go and follow those rails. I don't want my crypto to follow that same route where I go to transact my value. And JP Morgan goes, well, tell me why you need your money right now. Let's let's talk about this. Let's see if you should be able to take this value out of your bank account. Whereas if I just have it on my ledger and it's USDC, hopefully the value is sustained. Obviously, that's an important part of this whole discussion. But if the value is there, then it's instantaneous and I don't need permission. So that's why I feel like it's better to try to find these ways where you can, can still control your wealth instead of letting companies tell you, okay, we don't have the liquidity or we don't think that you should be able to withdraw X amount.
2: You know, I I, I, I understand what you're saying. However, it's not my strategy. I would not hold uh, USDT or USDC on the ledger just to keep it out of the system. If, if I put uh, money into the system, I have a reason for that. And that's, for example, to invest in Bitcoin or in XRP or in, in, in Ethereum. Then I put it on the on, on wallet and I, I go from there. But just holding US dollars in the form of USDT or USDC on a wallet, it's not my my game. But if you want, of course you can do it, but I don't like it so much.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't understand the purpose of holding USDT at all. USDT or USDC. I mean Uh, You know, especially on a long term, I mean, you know, I I buy it because I need it to to buy crypto, but then I'm out of it really quick, Abs. And if you remember on this show, I'm glad you showed that chart. Everybody was bashing USDT saying to get out. And if you remember, I was saying, listen, if everybody thinks USDT is bad and the one's going to crash, that isn't going to be the one. We never get early signals when this stuff crashes. It turned out to be the other one. USDC that everybody thought was safe that makes more sense i'm not surprised at all but i agree to andrew there's no reason whatsoever to hold either one of these two other than you know get in buy what you need to buy and then get out you know convert it into that if you need to what's great about some exchanges is you can actually buy right in usd usd you can just transfer your dollars into your exchange and you can buy your crypto with usd you don't even have to buy usdt or dc in some instances so you know, like for example, Kraken, you don't need to buy it, right? So it depends on what exchange you're using. But to hold one of these long-term right now, when neither one is backed by the U.S., you know, by the by the government per se, I don't see any real value in why you'd want to hold one of these things. It's not like they're going up or down in value. And in fact, the only risk is that one of them may depeg. So why are you holding something that can't go up, but potentially can go down?
0: Because you control it, like I explained in the beginning. And this is what I didn't understand about when you said you can't wrap your head around it because a lot of people think that's exactly what I'm doing. I have friends in the market who they buy Bitcoin with cash. Now they make profit on that Bitcoin. They turn it into stablecoin and they keep that stablecoin on their ledger because they still have total control of that. And like you're saying, we're seeing the market cap of USDC fall, not the value. This isn't a value correlation, guys. This is still a dollar. So I don't necessarily think it, it... Remember this too. Last thing, I'm kicking right back to you. USDC is BlackRock, Coinbase, and uh, consensus.
1: Circle, circle.
0: So USDT is communism.
1: Yeah, I'm just kidding. That's an
0: exaggeration. You're right.
1: You're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, neither one of them are are backed by any entity that's 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 a government. Either one of those could depeg and crash until you get a real you know stabilized coin by the government. You're always at risk in one of those. So you can you can convert your Bitcoin back to it if you want to stay in a stable coin because you want to trade back in, or you can convert it to USD, or you can convert it to, to something else that you want, you know. But I think at, at the end of the day, there's always going to be potentially some risk when you're when you're holding one of those stable coins. It's almost why I like PAX better, PAX G when I convert, because at least I know I'm converting into gold or something that I know is backed by gold, right? And so for that reason, I almost prefer something like that if I'm going to (coughs) convert to hold until we actually get there will be stable coin regulation coming out. In fact, Congress is working on that first. And I think when that comes out, Abs, that'll set the underlying foundation. And maybe that becomes USDC that they adopt. I don't know. But whatever it is that they adopt and do it, that would probably make the safest bet to, to convert into and hold long run as you're going back and forth in and out of crypto as you're on off ramp.
0: Andrew, you know the purpose of this show is to debate ideas. And I think I took the harder side of this argument for this debate. But what do you think? Am I making a word a trustworthy case here? Do you think there's a certain portion of the market that is looking to not give their their crypto earnings back to the banks, if that makes
2: sense? No, what, what I see in the in the actually in the social media is that people get are are made scared of what will happen in with the dollar they say yeah the dollar will collapse and uh, you need or you need to go out of the system because it will go into a cdbc i get every day i get questions from concerned people they say yeah i need to go out of the dollar i need to invest everything and and what should i do now hey relax that the, the 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 third world war did not break out of course there is there is there is volatility in the world and there is a lot of uh uh, stuff going on, but, you know, the dollar will not collapse next week and that it is nothing worth anymore because that will be a catastrophic. So just keep your patience and, and keep thinking of what you're doing. So, uh, yeah, I, I like what you did. You know, you took the other side of the of the debate. And uh, I know, for example, we have debate competitions. And they, then they say halfway, they say, okay, now you switch position you know, maybe we can try that out uh, one time. That's what they call a Jedi flip, Johnny Crypto. We got
0: 378 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This was a great chart put out by the blockchain backer last night, just explaining where we are in this entire cycle. We've we've completed this A, B, C correction, and we're clearly trending in the right direction here. We're looking at the total market cap for cryptocurrency overall, Johnny, and what I think is clear is that we're entering the hope. We are entering the next phase of the market. And to no surprise at all, the narratives are correlating perfectly. So the next thing that we're going to talk about on this show, guys, is the XRP price chart because I noticed something that I found very, very interesting. I just got to find my tweet here. And this is the problem with having 35 tabs open at the top. You got to surf through to find your content. Here we go, guys. So this is the price chart I was looking at yesterday and what I find so interesting about this whole thing is check out the RSI in correspondence to how the price performs over time. So even though the RSI is overextended, that is when we get the highest performing price. So if as you can tell, the breakout from the July lawsuit, that led us to our all-time high. The RSI touched about 87. Yesterday or earlier this week, whenever XRP broke out, maybe it was a week ago now, we touched the same level. So now what are we doing? We're going to back test these levels. And what I wanted to show our listeners is how you can use this correlation to figure out where are we in this trending cycle? If we're at the bottom of this RSI chart, well, typically we're in a great time to accumulate. Look at where we are here. Just do the correlation. And if we're breaking out and we're touching the higher levels of the RSI, that might be a time you consider taking profits once we're into the bull market. So I thought this was pretty interesting. I wanted to ask our live chat, what is your prediction for XRP's all-time high once it breaks this multi-year triangle here? But Johnny, I wanted to kick it to you for some thoughts, and we'll go. We'll continue.
1: Well, the RSI says we're going down now, so soon we'll be touching that line again. Back testing it, yeah. So, so you're on your way to you know dollar cost averaging back in if you want. Uh, but the RSI, you know, it's one of those things where you can't use it like it's not, it's not God, you know, God indicator. Like you, you, you need. You need a bunch of different indicators to kind of get a sense for what's going on. It's just one indicator to give you an idea of what that relative strength index is at that moment in time. And like you said, you can see there that we're going to be pulling back a bit. But, um, you know, if you're a trader, most traders have a lot of these tools. They'll have the RSI, the stochastics, they'll have, uh, you know, um, 30 day moving averages and resistance and and, and, support lines and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, one of the things I like the most is the Fibonacci's. They really, really tend to give you really a good indication of kind of what things might look like when you look at the Fibonacci retracement levels. And that's a lot of times what, um, uh, what the heck's his name? Not bearable bull, um, blockchain backward does. Right. So I, I, love it. Uh, his work. And I think it's really good. And, you know, you can see the charts of gear. I mean, look at that, look at that beautiful chart there. Look at how that thing's trending upward. You know, you always want to look for higher highs and higher lows and or lower higher lows and higher highs. And so that's what you're seeing. I mean, we are building some serious momentum under that XRP chart. It is moving in the right direction. Well,
0: Johnny, I wanted to get you and Andrew's thoughts on this as well. As you can tell, I'm going to do my expert TA. I made this joke with Mario yesterday. This is why you come to GMC, guys, for this TA right here. Played as you can live. tell, we are clearly <laughs> –
1: <Played laughs> <Nobody's- that live. laughs>
0: We love you guys. We got 409 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And what's exciting about XRP is not only is it trending in the right direction, I predicted this after we saw this breakout here. What did Johnny just state? We are creating higher highs and higher lows. Higher high, higher low. Well, this was our latest highest high, and it it was about a dollar. It was about 92, 93 cents here, Johnny Crypto. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if it, in the next few weeks we see a breakout slightly beyond that price point, maybe a dollar 35 and so on. But what I wanted you and Andrew's opinion on is look at what this price chart's showing. As you can tell before the bull market, look at how low the volume is in 2020. The price isn't performing well. There's not a lot of players in the market. We get a slight pickup heading into the spring going into the fall, and then an avalanche of liquidity hits the market starting in November of 2020, that liquidity existed in there for about 12 to 18 months. It's debatable, but why am I showing you that? Because we are currently exiting the bear market and entering the next phase where this next bull run, the next phase of liquidity is about to enter this market. And last thing I'm going to point out here, Johnny, as you can tell, we are talking about XRP doing $5 billion a day in total volume. That is unbelievable, and that's what we're talking about right now. When a bull market comes around, these numbers are going to get astronomical. I'd love to start with you and kick it to Andrew. What do you think about the volume and the potential that we're seeing here?
1: Well, I mean, what's really cool is you've seen an increase in volume from pre-2020 to after 2020. So obviously that means that there's more people investing in it, more people buying it and selling it. There's more interest, more liquidity, more more funds in it. So that's that's good news sign number one. You need volume. Number two, we have a bunch of liquidity, you know, a liquidity event that's going to kick in once we get the Bitcoin ETF, which I think then some of that will flow into this market. Then you're going to have the halving. There's so many different events that I think are going to drive money into this whole entire space as a whole, holistic. And I think XRP being at the top in the top 10, I think some of those top 10s will will benefit from that because they're going to be more credible. And then, yes, you're going to have a bunch of meme shit coins that are also going to fly and skyrocket because they're very, very small market caps now. For them to move up, it doesn't take much. And they're going to have bigger gains, by the way, right? They'll have the 100X, 1,000X. But, you know, do you want to play in those and risk and gamble? Most people lose their money because they go up and go down so fast. They're very, very hard to profit. By the time you hear about them, they're already 20, 30X up. And, you know, do you want to play? Some people will. Some people make money. But I think what's exciting, yeah, look at that looking that solid-
3: Johnny, I want to give
0: a shout out to the caspa community they've been commenting in our live chat almost every day on the show yeah. yeah and and they've been if i pull up this token i can do it for fun but continue with what you're saying i just wanted to shout out phil yeah
1: is actually on a move up but caspa's already done a 10 or 15x
0: you know i'm but- sitting on the, i'm just a spectator here i'm like a yeah sport. i'm in the i'm in the nosebleeds for this one
1: <laughs> you know me too i haven't gotten into caspa either and that's the hot one right now everybody's on it and you know once I see something up 20x, like I don't even bother chasing it at that point. Now it's one of those things where I was just going to wait to see if it pulls back, and if it does, maybe I'll hop in. I got plenty of horses in the stable. If I miss one, oh well. What are you going to do? I'm not going to have all the horses in there. Um, but cash certainly is one that everybody's excited about. Everybody's talking about it now, and that's actually a good thing because it kind of is almost a pre-indicator of what might be hot when when the bull run comes. You know, the having happens for cast to pull back certainly i'll be looking at a buying opportunity there but nonetheless i think you know getting back to where you were going with this is that trend we've built a serious reversal yeah look at that i mean that's a serious reversal. look at all those back tests and they just keep going up and up and up which tells you that again i've said it for a while abs i don't think we're ever going to see a 20 cent xrp again i just don't see it happening
0: 20 cent xrp don't give me PTSD this get morning it. Johnny crypto not get it. don't we worry got, not get it. we got 422 live listeners here Andrew Cas a lot of people are wondering what's your take on this I'm talking about the institutional volume because this volume comes from somewhere retail it's not it's impossible guys the, the amount of liquidity that we're talking about two trillion dollars entering the market in a 12-month period and then exiting in in correlation I don't think that's the everyday investor but I'd like to hear Andrew's thoughts and then we'll continue
2: What's, what's clear is you need money flowing in for a price to go up. You know, you need it, it is supply and demand. You need more demand than there is supply and then it will go up. Um, however, I, I don't know what is the behind the scenes, how much XRP is still uh, uh, entering the market. I mean, the, 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 there are big portfolios that are just... Uh, uh, including XR, new XRP in the market. Uh, you, know, you know, everything is mined already, but still. And also these peaks, what we see, that, that's also pure mani- manipulation, you know, from the big players. And they will they will uh, yeah dump on you on the high prices. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if XRP starts its new bull run, we maybe go to, yeah, a, a 10x, 20x, 30x, 40x, and then it will drop again. So be prepared for that, so that you, if you have your bags f- filled with uh, with XRP, start selling on the way up, and if it goes down again, wait for a specific downturn and then start uh, uh, start entering again your and building up your position. So that's how you uh, that's how you invest. Uh, you can also say, okay, I will keep half of my XRP. I will keep it in a separate bag, and the other half. I'll do this game that I just a uh, little bit explained. So that would also be an approach because that also hurts to start selling uh, your, your XRP if it goes really high, you know. But on the other hand, just keep keep a bag of XRP that you hold for 4, 8, uh, 12, 16 years and and, and and see what happens there. But also try to take out your money. You know, I'm I'm teaching again about about investing. That's what I love. So uh if you want to know more, the Andrew Cashflow Smart Investor Course.
0: That's Andrew it. Cashflow Smart Investor Course, guys. And you're just getting a sneak peek here this morning. But Johnny, you know what I'm recognizing as I'm looking at the XRP price chart? Is that during a bull market, there's no mistake about it. There's no confusion. Nobody's wondering where we are. When the XRP moves, it skyrockets. And look at what we're doing right now. We are clearly not in that phase. We are not in the phase of unprecedented profit and XRP's pumping. I'm not sure when to get out. No, we're in this slow grind, this regulatory conversation. We even have Fox Business reporters telling us that XRP lost the lawsuit. So I think that just goes to show how confusing it is for a lot of people out there. And guys, this
1: phase right here is called the, I don't know, you, you might have heard this term. It's called the accumulation phase. So what's happening right now is people are accumulating it while it's still under the radar. They want to be able to buy it before it actually skyrockets. So it normally accumulation phases last a long time and they're usually sideways to flat or slightly up is what exactly what you're saying. Look at the prior one. There you go. Look at starting in April, 2020, you can actually see it started there and accumulating and it went up, up, up at an angle for about what, six months before you started to get those big and think about it this way, Johnny, there's
0: no confusion about it. That's what I want to make clear here. When we get a bull market with XRP, we're not going to be sitting here saying 80 cents, 90 cents. We're going to be talking about, oh my goodness, we went 120 te- uh, 120% in a single day. We have the evidence to
1: prove it. The floor is yours. That's exactly right. That's why when, <laughs> That's why when you and my cousin, everybody else, that's all, hey, we're XRP is 74.3 cents. Like, I don't care. I don't get excited. 80 cents. I don't want your 80 cents. I don't want your 93 cents. I don't even care about thirty five. I get excited when we're starting to see monster green candles and we're challenging that all-time high. That's the kind of thing I'm looking for. That's what gets me excited when we start to see, you know, that we're talking about $2, $3, $4 price points. Now I'm going to be excited. Now my ears are going to be up. I'm going to be nervous and be alert. You know, like right now, it's not to be nervous, about, Right? we're sideways, $0.83, cents, $0.85, cents, 92 I don't care. I don't even get excited. Everybody I get makes fun
0: of us, dude. I talk about you just made fun of us too. It's funny. Everybody talks about how bad these coins have been performing. Like, I bring it up to my family. I'm like, Oh, yeah, XRP's up
1: 88% year over year. They're like, What's what's the price? Right. 63. So, yeah. And then they yeah. just laugh. Nobody cares about an 83 cent XRP price. I'm sorry. You know, most people here probably bought it at a dollar twenty, so nobody cares. But when we start talking about two, three, four dollars. And you're starting to test the all-time highs. Oh my god! You're gonna see people being excited. Like even I'm gonna start getting excited at that point. I'll be like, okay, now we're cooking. With, you know, we're cooking with olive oil here, baby. You know, let's get into something exciting. Let's see us pushing on those all-time highs and trying to break 380 or three whatever the all-time 386, whatever the exact number. I want to see us pushing that barrier because I know that if we break through that, we're now into un charted territories we're now into what's called price discovery we don't know where the next level up is now the best way to learn that is to go check out Andrew Castro's you know um flows course on where those exit targets may be also if you're a Fibonacci guy go learn Fibonacci's look at the 0.68 the 1.68 the 2.68 and you'll also get some indications of where we may go but we're in uncharted territories now I'm excited right so until then, Yeah, I'm just going to keep laughing when I hear $0.83 XRP. Andrew,
0: I want to get your thoughts on this as well, but I got to give a shout out to Big Den in the live chat. He said, never sell. And it's not like I disagree with this. I think that you should have a certain portion of your portfolio that even if we hit $20,000 per token, you're never selling. That's the purpose of an exit plan. And that's why, Johnny, we created Merlin, the smartest way to track your crypto. You go in, connect your portfolio, and for every single token you set price points that you're going to sell at, and that way, there's no thinking when these prices are pumping. I'm going to go into my Merlin account. I'll say, look, it, my first profit was at $12. We're already at 35 bucks. May as well take a couple of coins off the table. And I'm only joking, Johnny. No, oh, got- you're
1: absolutely right. I mean, that's exactly what people should do is take a few coins off the table. Because look at the chart you put up there. It's not – go bring that bull chart back up. Yeah, and go back to the last bull run. Okay. So, what did we get up to three something? Oh, that was a dollar eight. Okay. So, whatever, that's fine. That let's use that as an example. So, we got to a dollar fifty. If you bought that thing at 20, 30 cents and you got to a dollar fifty, that's an eight X. And if you didn't sell a penny, never sell, hold on to it. Well, now you're sitting there, you know, all the way back down to 30 cents again. You lost the potential to double your bags or triple or quadruple because you could have sold some of it, not all of it. You could have sold. Look at that monster green candle right there. Why would you not take some profits on the way up, right? Then now when we went into the bear market for three years, you could have easily doubled, quadrupled your bags. You could have invested somewhere else. Yep. And that's the, that's the whole point, Abs, of why you may want to sell is to take advantage of that. And people ask when we're going to be in, 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 in UK. Guys, Merlin, we are trying to get it out globally right now, US and Canada only. Um, But our plan is to expand. We don't have any roadmap timing on when we're going to be out there, but we are working at other countries like Australia and UK. I can tell you it's on the roadmap. I can't tell you when we're going to do it. I don't have time frame
0: yet. And guys, make no mistakes about it. Michael P commented, we're just waiting on Abs to dump your fiat into XRP and sending this thing to the moon. I'm not Johnny Crypto, guys. I'm not on that level, but give me a (laughs) few decades and I'd love to be on that level.
2: (laughs) We're going to move on. I'm going to call you uh, Charlie Munger. Oh, please do not. You know, the, the, <laughs> they, they, they have an excellent strategy, which is hold forever. Yeah. Uh, the Warren Buffett made 99% of his money. He made it after he was 65. Buy and hold. I would say, congratulations. But I'm living now. And my name has a reason that I, I, I choose the name cash flow. Because from cash flow, you can live, you can do nice things, you can go on holidays. And that's what we are looking for. And holding forever, it, it's not my uh, my piece of cake.
0: and Crypto, we got to move on to some news because I just realized we only got 20 minutes left in the show, guys. And one conversation I think we need to have on this channel is what's going to be more bullish for XRP? And I think me and you are going to agree on this one, Johnny. An XRP ETF or a Ripple IPO. If you can, can you explain why people think Ripple's IPO is going to drive value into XRP? Maybe to send you in a certain direction here, a lot of people compare it to Coinbase and what happened back there. Their IPO was extremely successful. Although the the stock price has performed poorly since, the IPO in and of itself was literally the most profitable IPO at the time. So I think that really does speak for, for how much this market can change in just a couple of years. What do you think is going to be more profitable? Ripple IPO, XRP ETF, and maybe you can explain how the IPO would affect the price of XRP.
1: Well, that's a very, very – I don't know if we have enough time for all that because that's a very in-depth conversation. But they are not – I think the first – how do I do this? So the best way to think about it is they're two different things. You know, We're talking chocolate and vanilla or apples and oranges. The Ripple, the company, and the IPO for it, and XRP, the cryptocurrency, have nothing to do with each other in terms of valuation representation. Don't get fooled into thinking that um, an IPO is going to drive both up. It may or may not, but not for the same reasons. Okay, So the IPO is when a company takes itself from private to public and it creates issue shares. Each share is kind of like an NFT. It says you own a right of this company. And, and that's based on a valuation, a projected future valuation that doesn't even exist today. right? Or it could depending on if the company's been in operation. I don't know how profitable Ripple is right now. But nonetheless, um, that, IP IPO, vary. Uh, that IPO represents, I don't know how profitable they are. I, I mean, you would have to look at their books, but they ain't going to share because they're not public yet. But, you know, they are, they, I mean, they're selling products, but I don't know what kind of profits or gross margins they're making on it. But nonetheless, they take that valuation and they release it to the public, and then people can go publicly buy the shares of the company. And the excitement around that will drive it up, just like any IPO typically does. Coinbase on day one went, or within a few days, absent went from all the way up to like 350 bucks. And then what happens is all those people who bought it at $20, $30 after their three-month hold period expires, they all dump it. Yeah. And you pull that up and watch the dump. You're gonna see a sl- You're gonna wish you had a pair of skis when you watch this slope. Yeah, click that five year right there. And you're going to, or the max. And unfortunately it's not. Yeah. Look at that slope right there. And that's not a great curve, but yeah, there it is. Look at that thing. You know, you want to talk about black diamond skiing. You know, if anybody's a skier, we'll know what I'm talking about. That's a double diamond right there that you're skiing down as you come crashing down the back end on that thing. And that's typically what happens on an IPO is you get this crazy initial valuation. All the people that bought in early at, you know, people were buying coin. at like, I heard like $5, $10. Imagine selling at three hundred and fifty dollars, Abs. That's for oh, hello, Kelly. Kelly, Kelly came in. And stopped by our uh, our Merlin Spaces. So great to have her here. So, Abs, look at that. So, so that's the IPO. The IPO will, will be this fake valuation, you will of the company until the company actually gets out there and starts producing. And now you're seeing exactly that. There's the speculation phase. Now we're in the utility phase of Coinbase, and someday five to ten years from now, look, it still didn't get back to three fifty two yet. Apps, it's probably going to take another three to five years before you see that chart going back up to three fifty two.
3: Andrew, that- I want to
0: get your thoughts. I just have a question for Johnny. So, a lot mute that thing. A lot of people are talking about how when Coinbase IPO, it drove massive amounts of liquidity into the crypto market overall. If they literally, one of two things happened, they correlated the IPO with the peak, or the peak correlated itself with the IPO, right? One or the other, but they happened at the same time. So the question that I have for you is, if let's say there's Ripple becomes a $100 billion company on a stock market evaluation. Um, Johnny, are you following Okay, perfect. Yeah,
1: it has zero valuation on the coin itself. That's where I was going.
0: So do you think, I I think we agree. I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. Does any of that money that is given to Ripple, the company in the evaluation process, is any of that going to affect the price of XRP? I'm trying to wrap my head around how it would, but I don't,
1: maybe I I'm mean, sure. other, than, other than like a kind of a pump and dump, buy the rumor, sell the news effect, I yeah. think you'll get some of that because of the excitement. Oh, this company went public. This company owns that. But it's actually the other way around. Yeah. The, the, the value of XRP, because Ripple owns some of it, will play into the valuation of what Ripple is worth But the value of what Ripple might have on on XRP because it did an IPO, that's not a sustainable price. Whatever that pump gets out of the excitement of the news, there's zero correlation to what the value of XRP, the coin is, and the utility that it's getting in the daily trade volumes it's seeing versus what the company that created the code 10 years ago is doing. They're not related at all other than the fact that you're going to get, yes, you're going to get the halo effect of some buy the rumor, yeah. sell the news. But then I think you'll see the price settle down again.
2: Yeah. Andrew yeah, Cashwell, uh, the floor is yours. I, I, I agree with you, Johnny, There will be a lot of social sentiment. Mm. And because when we first started buying XRP, how was it called? And in all the exchanges, ripple, ripple, coin. ripple, which, which it was not true. But so, and I'm still sure a lot of people still don't know the difference between Ripple and XRP. So there will be social sentiment because of the, of the IPO of Ripple. That will drive also the price of XRP. And then it will come down again, exactly. what, we, uh, what we saw. What we also will see is that the price of Ripple will go up in combination with the price of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of XRP. And then Ripple will also go down, like what we saw here with uh, with Coinbase. Yep. Um, but if you look here at Coinbase, I'm just looking at my uh, at my uh, uh, the, the the my, my log, log log file for uh, for for Coinbase. How I traded Coinbase, I made more than in the last year, the last I think 15 months, I made more than 100% profit with Coinbase you know just to play the volatility I, I have a system that that just says okay go in here go out there go in here go out there it's it's based on a calculator i made 50% 15% 50% 5, 5, 57% 30 you know it goes on and on and on and today i logged in again 10% on coinbase and maybe i i will be kicked out at 10% maybe more but it is just going on, you know, and that's also a game that you can play with those, uh, with those stocks, but you can also play that game with, uh, with, with cryptos. Just go in, have a system, have a strategy. I often ask a lot of people, they say, what was, what was your uh, reason why you bought the, the crypto or why you bought the stock? And then two hands go up. I don't know. So that means no strategy. And you need a strategy, and also when you have a strategy, then you, your emotions will go down and you sleep better at night. Apps, go ahead. Oh,
0: absolutely, Andrew. And one of the things I wanted to ask you was, I'm not sure, you may have addressed it earlier in your statement. Do you believe that the Ripple IPO will be a negative catalyst or a positive catalyst or just indifferent to what's happening with XRP?
2: And, and a catalyst negative for
0: what? Sorry, because a lot of times they correlate these IPOs with the peak of the crypto market. I'm wondering if we can use the Ripple IPO news as maybe a sentimental thing. If Ripple decides to IPO and Bitcoin's at 175000 and XRP's at $4, I'm going to anticipate that might be an indicator we're peaking out here. But it could be a catalyst to drive more wealth into the market and actually fuel more liquidity. So I wanted
2: to hear your opinion. Uh, for sure. The, the best is if the market is at the peak, do your IPO there because you can make you can make the most money money absolutely so uh, uh and I think yeah they, they they do it all the time and 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 you know and for the people that invested in the pre-ipo of ripple make sure that you know and understand how to get your pre ipo stocks in your trading account so that when the IPO is there that it doesn't take you three four five weeks before you have your stocks in your trading account because else you will see the go the price the price will go up it will go down and after five weeks it's down again and then your stocks appear in your trading account and you're too late and that's what i also experienced many times when i invested in pre-ipos i'm not so enthusiastic at, at, about it anymore but that happens a lot of times so so the 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 the, the yeah the The people who, yeah, what they say is when you are close to the fire, you have the most heat, you know. So those people are able to dump in the market. And all those people that are not have such good connections or or does not know how how to do it, it takes time. So be aware of that, uh, people. So pre-IPOs, normally you do not buy to sell it at the pre-IPO or at at, at the IPO date. Mostly you, you buy it for long-term, maybe five, 10 years. That, that's what you do.
0: Thank you, Andrew. And check this out as well. Johnny, I want to point out this one stat right before I kick it to you. Yeah. Is that you see how that we got this second pump right here on the Coinbase IPO? That's because a lot of times their employees or whoever is involved have to sign a no-sell contract for about nine to 12 months. Wouldn't surprise me at all if this run-up was leading right into the selling and then those contracts ended, a lot of employees could now dump on the open market. Beep.
1: That's what we got from that. That's point exactly. Forward. That's exactly what you're looking at, and that's exactly what happens to most every IPO, and that's exactly what's going to happen to Ripple. Somebody just asked a the question. They said, Johnny, what are you going to do at your Ripple IPO when when my unlock period happens? Of course, I'm dumping some chunk of it. Why would I want to hold? I know it's going down. I already know it's. It's going such a down. sad truth. It's going down. Why do I want to hold it at 300 when I could buy it back at 30? I mean that's just retarded. That's just ridiculous. That's just you know stupid. So no, I'm not doing that. I'm basically gonna be selling a good chunk of it. I'll hold a little bit. I'll hold 20 percent for schmuck insurance in case I'm wrong and it keeps going up. I don't want to be you know I don't want to do what I did with Amazon. So I ain't making that mistake. But I'm also not gonna sit here and hold it all at such a high price. Abs, look at those people at the top of that curve. That's somebody. Every dot bar chart yeah everyone represents a human being somebody owns coinbase right now as we speak at that price at 350 dollars right that poor guy is waiting for it to come back he's gonna have to wait 10 years most likely for that to hit 350 and then he's gonna sell The day it hits 351 and that's when it's going to go to 2000. Let's talk about this real quick, just because we're only
0: short on time guys. First of all, we got 466 live listeners joining us. Show us some love smash that like button. We might go an out, we might go five minutes over depending on how much content we're able to address. This is a mainstream article you're going to see on the news today as BlackRock files for prospectus for a spot ether ETF. And what does this mean guys? It means they need to get two documents approved by the sec and this will enter the market. Now, I don't think this will happen before the Bitcoin ETF. And they elaborate on that within this article. They state that the Bitcoin ETF will be addressed before January 10th. At that point, the SEC will have to deny or approve. If they approve, they're going to have a hard time denying an Ethereum product. And BlackRock seems to be first in line here, Andrew. So I'd love to get your opinion. With Johnny just outlining, it might take 10 years for Coinbase to get back to where it was. I think it could be catalysts like this that change how crypto is viewed from a global and institutional perspective.
2: Yeah, but I think if I'm right, you say it is an an a spot ether ETF. So that that is based on ether. It's not based on a company. It just drives the price of ether. And I'm I'm not sure if that will bring the price down again. But what I do know that BlackRock already has filled their bags with ether. Yeah, they they are sitting on a huge bag of ether. So as soon. Is that bitcoin uh, sorry that ether etf will hit the market a lot of people will buy it a lot of their 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 own customers will buy it and they are dumping on them uh, yeah that that's that's how, how it works and then after a while maybe people get bored when it goes down after the after the bull run. I think they're all waiting till the bull run starts with the bitcoin etf with the ether etf and we will probably see other etfs that just like the, the IPO of, uh, of Ripple, just wait for the perfect time slot to make as much money as possible. And who will pay the price? Retail investor.
0: Oh, yeah. Johnny Crypto, let me throw these stats at you and then I'm going to give you the open floor. The filing for a spot ETF is a two-step process where the ETF issuer must get SEC approval from a trading and markets division, and then a corporate finance division. And I'm not going to read the filing names. I don't think it's many of our listeners need to know that. Many institutional giants had filed for these crypto spot products in the past, but during the last crypto cycle, the SEC claimed that the size of the crypto market was not big enough for a spot crypto product. With that being said, Johnny, think about how quickly things can change. Floor is yours.
1: You know, perhaps here's the problem with this, is the SEC can do what they want, and they, and they have the power and control. Yesterday, I don't know if you saw the news, I didn't get to tweet it out yet, but the SEC just uh delayed another uh spot ETF um grayscale. Mm, no, yeah, it was grayscale, brown. It was grayscale and it, it was bit bit thick. so it was bit something or something like that. So it was bit, bit does not, exist. I, not bit sticks, I don't <laughs> know what hell it was. It was something with the word bit in it in, in it from what I remember. Uh I was dry when I saw it, so I couldn't I couldn't focus too long on it, but I did notice that they 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 um they they just they literally said, "Oh, we're we're delaying this." And they gave no reason. They just said we're delaying it. That was it. That was they could get away when you know, when you're the police, you can get away with what you want. And so they basically said we're delaying this thing. And I no surprise that they're doing it. I knew they were going to do it. Can
0: I drop the official update? I'll kick it right back to you and Andrew here. The SEC hit the pause button on Grayscale's Ethereum ETF decision, extending the suspension until January 1st of 2024. So that's what you're addressing right now.
1: Yes, exactly. So, and 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 it wasn't and maybe Grayscale wasn't part of it, but there was like two of them. But anyway, they delayed it, and they didn't give a reason for it. They just said we're going to delay it. And it was funny because you know we 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 know that Kathy Woods and she has hers in January, and we know that Black Rocks is due in I believe March. So think about that March it's due. Having is in April. Oh my God, how coincidental does that line up? That all these things are happening at the same time. So I think that again. I was not surprised. We knew this was going to happen. We've been saying on the show that we thought this thing would get delayed into Q1 of next year. I still believe that's going to be the case. I think they're going to time all the news at the right time to kick this to kick this bull run off with a huge kick in the ass to get it started. And you know, nothing like a having happening at the same time with a Bitcoin ETF approval, spot spot ETF approval coming in, and maybe they approve all of them at once. I don't know. I think that's going to be huge abs in terms of how that whole thing is going to play out. So I'm not surprised. I've expected this was going to be the case. And sure enough, you know, they could do what they want. They don't even have to give a reason. Like, oh yeah, we're delaying it. This is the thing. United States
0: failed their audit six years in a row. Who's holding them accountable? Exactly. Crazy. It's like, it's like you're asking the children to hold their parents accountable. Like, oh, you should tell your
1: parents to go to bed at 11, you seven-year-old child none of it makes sense abs, right now abs we got to address this so so this is a you know, big dad. i love your brother but I, I have to disagree with you and that's okay right we're all here to do i cannot say that the etfs are all hype that is not i don't believe that's true at all um i don't disagree that utility is the key but as we talk about on this show utility in in, in the blockchain space is 10 to 15 years away still or maybe we are already started maybe we're five to eight years away but the but the utility in this case for the BTC ETF, you could call it hype if you want. But the reality is it's going to drive a shit ton of money into this space. And it's not one of those things where it's a pump and dump like safe moon. Where Oh, yeah, this thing could do that. No, it's going to be a physical approved security that's going to get traded on the stock market every single day from that day forward and financial advisors. And all these other 401k managers, they're going to start driving all their clients into it and it's going to drive it up. So you can call it hype if you want. I don't agree. I mean, there's going to be hype around it, but I believe- I can actually
0: explain it. like legitimately why it's uh, it's going to increase the price of these assets. Let's say that there's $10 billion in Bitcoin just to make the numbers simple. And now BlackRock gets approved to offer a spot product. They need a billion dollars so they can take that and go offer it to their- Hundreds of thousands of clients all around America. Correct. They have to go purchase that billion dollars in Bitcoin and then not dump it on the open market because they're going to need to hold that in their bags to offer it to their clientele. That's right. BlackRock has 10 billion sorry, 10 trillion in assets under management. Zero dollars of that is their own money, guys. Remember how this game is played. They have no risk. So I just wanted to kick that in there. Yeah, they're
1: gonna have they have to buy that underlying asset, they have to hold that underlying asset, and that's gonna take Bitcoin out of the market, which means it reduces the supply. The demand will keep coming in because they're gonna pump the own bitch like they never pumped it before with all this great you know excitement of hey, you got to get into Bitcoin now. It's this new thing, and we're early, and it's gonna drive the future and all that thing, and cryptocurrency and blockchain, they're gonna make them synonymous, and so you're gonna get all this excitement, people are gonna FOMO in. And lower supply, higher demand only means one thing: abs much increase higher in prices. price, much higher prices. So, sure. so you know, Big then I, I don't disagree with you that utility is real. The real money's at, but that's still way down the road. Except for in this case, you can make the argument that the BTC ETF is utility for BTC. You can actually make that argument because, for the most part, what else is BTC good for? Store value. Well, what does an ETF do? It yeah. became a store of value. You can now buy a BTC ETF and hold it. It's, it's So there's its utility. You can make the argument that that is the utility for it. So that that's kind of how I see it.
0: Andrew Caslow, we are we are gonna play a video. I just wanted to let everybody know. First of all, we got 444. Love that number. Live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're gonna run the show a little bit later, Johnny. So I'm gonna go for another 15, 20 minutes here. If Andrew or Johnny has to go, I'm just just wanted to give you guys a heads up. And I need a quick bathroom break before we finish out this That's program. Go number guys.
1: one or go number two? What do we go? That's a great That's library. too
0: much information for a morning <laughs> show, my friend. But we are only talking number one. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Here's the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto.
1: Yes, it is, boys. And by the way, it is Don't no say, long say long the wait list thing. thing. It is not It's no list, longer a wait list. Click on the link below and sign up today for your free 30-day trial. Yes, you have to put a credit card in. No, we don't bill you. We made it simple. You have 30 days to try it. Hit the cancel button anytime within 30 days, and we will not bill you. Very, very easy to cancel. We, we The reason why we did that, Abs, is we want everybody to try Merlin. We want you just try it. You got none to lose. 30 days, you can cancel anytime. And the reality is it's a one-click cancel right in under the profile tab. You don't have to call us up, nothing. And the great thing is we've heard so much good feedback, Abs, even in the Merlin spaces, of how we're helping people, helping their lives, putting them in a the position to win, uh, and, and sleep better at night because they now have a tool to, to let them know when to exit when things start pumping. And we're really, really excited about that. Thank you, guys. And we're going to go right back into our crypto content. Thank you for bearing with us. We got 406
0: people here. That Shout out to you guys for coming, joining the show, interacting with us in the live chat. And I want to give a shout out to that guy who, who criticized the ETF thing because it takes some guts to comment in the live chat, guys. So please throw your comments in there. We will address them during the show. With that being said, this you is Kathy. You, yeah. This is Kathy Wood right here discussing crypto regulation in the U.S. and how crypto ETS changed the game.
4: Something has changed. Um, so we had put in a number of times a filing and we were just denied. Never got any questions, really never got any response. This time, uh, this summer, we got questions back from the SEC. Now, normally when you get questions from the SEC, you're just saying, oh, my goodness. We were thrilled to get questions back because it means they're engaged now. Now, we have met uh, a number of the research people at the SEC on the research side, and they are extremely sophisticated. They know what they're talking about. And the level of sophistication of their questions suggested, okay, now they're moving deeply into this. And we answered those questions. We have not heard back. That's a good sign too. They never tell tell you that you've satisfied them, but if you don't hear from them, uh, uh, that usually means that you have satisfied uh, the answers to uh, to the requests. So that was new.
0: You heard it there, Johnny Crypto, that was brand new. The SEC, they're not only asking and answering the important questions, they're now upgrading the amount of knowledge that they have. They're going in, sure. they're going in on another level when it comes to crypto knowledge because they think they're going to regulate this market. So what do you take away from Kathy Woods' statements before we move on?
1: No news is good news, my friend. Well, no, Kathy Woods just literally told you exact. She just confirmed for you that the ETF is coming. You know, she just told you that we filed in the past and we heard nothing. Crickets. Crickets and then canceled. Right. No, no chance. You're not moving forward. And I always told you, Ab, if the SEC is not responding back, that's not a good thing. The fact that they replied back when, when we heard this a while back, that they had replied back to the Bitcoin, uh, BlackRock ETF uh, response, I knew right then and there that was a great sign because now I know we're moving forward. If they're engaging, that means it's going to happen. How long? They could delay install however long they want, but they're going to make it happen. When they weren't engaging, That was basically their way of saying, no, 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 we're we're not ready to move forward yet in this thing. Or we don't, you know, the boys who control us told us we can't move forward. Whatever, however you want to make the argument. The reality is they have now been given the green light to move this thing forward. And this thing is moving forward. You're not stopping this train at this point. The train has left the station. It's moving fast and it's only going to go faster. And we're going to get, I think, a, a, a whole host of these. ETFs approved over time. You know, some people argue just BlackRock's going to get it. I I don't think that's going to be the case. Maybe they get approved first, Abs. But I think BlackRock will get approved. I think all the other 12 filings will. It'll be hard to approve one and not the others. I mean, that would be, I can't, unless if there's like these discrepancies among them where they could point something obvious out, I would imagine they're going to approve. Although then again, they could do whatever they want. So I could be wrong. But I suspect we'll get a bunch of these things approved. Maybe they'll let BlackRock have a head start. Maybe they'll get approved first, and then the rest of them will will follow a few months later. And boy, you want to talk about opening the floodgates to to this space. Now, I don't think it's going to happen overnight. Anybody who thinks that $350 billion is going to flow in on the next day, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's a good chunk of money that's going to flow into this space once the doors are open. How much time that takes, that's what we're all going to, that's what we're going to get to learn and see how quickly that $350 billion that I think Yosco told us, Abs, I think it was $350, uh, will flow into this space.
0: Here's a brand new update out of Stuart Alderati yesterday. The SEC is going to change their stance on crypto. And now it may not be Gary Gensler, but we will see a 180. This is Stuart Alderati out of Ripple addressing the lawsuit and the state of American crypto today. Crypto
5: antagonistic if the rest of the world is getting on board? Um, I think that's a good question. And uh, it's interesting, let me start here, that after the SEC sued us, that's all we talked about uh, is the SEC case. And I remember um, uh, our chief executive was visiting uh, Dubai, meeting with a regulator, and he started the conversation to talk about the SEC case. And afterwards he got some feedback from our local uh managing director on the ground and said you don't have to talk about the scc case they don't care about the SEC case and then as i went to london and you know uh started singapore they were really not interested so i think um so that would suggest that it doesn't matter but the united states is still the largest economy in the world it still has massive influence um Uh, It still is very fertile ground for entrepreneurs, engineers, uh, people with bigger brains than me. So you would like to see the U.S. come along. And that's why I think at the end of the day, it does matter. We need the U.S. has to get it right.
0: I love what he said there about the American market still being the majority of where global liquidity is, because we talk about it all the time. Why does everyone focus on the American markets, the SEC, Gary Gensler? That's where the money is. Money talks, BS walks, BlackRock's an American company. So is JP Morgan. That is what matters. So what did you take away from this clip? And I got two more things to close
1: us out on. 45% of the globe's traded wealth is from the U.S. One country out of 240 owns 45%. That's why the U.S. matters. Whether you like it or not, it's just a big number and it ain't going away overnight. And Stuart's right. The SEC will change their tune. And in fact, Abs, we've already started to see it. We saw Gary the other day. We we played a video, of Gary, I think about three weeks ago. Remember when they were asking about the ETF? He was all happy, he was smiling. You can see Gary's body language is starting to change a bit. Um, he's already come out and said BTC is not a, a, a security, it's an it's a commodity. So you've got that. You've got you know, now he's all happy about these ETFs. So you're starting to see a little bit of, of shift. Not a lot. Not yet. But, yes, at some point in time, this just like just like Larry Fink and JP Morgan, who have done the WWE heel turn and now crypto is good, the same thing will happen with the SEC at some point in time. There it is. That's the video I was talking about where Gary, where he is so good. You pull these up so fast. That's, like, he's not so happy. Look at his smile. He's not so happy. Things are better. You're going to start to see it. It may happen. You know, with or without Gary in office, but the SEC will eventually become crypto friendly at some point in time. No doubt. There we
3: go. I'm going to play just a little
0: bit of this and then we'll close it out with some comments.
3: But is it still ongoing since you didn't appeal? We didn't appeal last Friday. I think that's accurate. Um, so you could still, in the but, future, in another but, form. But what we have in front of us, just so that the viewing public understands, we have not one but multiple. I think it's eight or ten filings that the staff and ultimately the commission is considering for what's called exchange-traded products for mm-hmm. for Bitcoin to be in a in a in a security. So, the Bitcoin would be held, uh, and then there'd be something called an exchange product, and that would trade on various stock exchanges.
0: As you can tell, Gary was licking his chops in this video. How happy is. Bitcoin will be traded as a security on the stock market. That's why he's so excited about this.
1: Johnny, floor is yours. I got another article right out. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I'll, you know, just to, not to be the dead horse, I think you're going to see here that they're going to flip the script at some point especially as regulation and and the and more of these things come out, you know they're, you're gonna just see the SEC saying, oh yeah hey we support this we support that and certainly some cryptos they're gonna say are security still they're gonna push that narrative I think for a while but you know they're gonna let some of them I think pass through and we'll see how that works and how that plays out. but I think at a certain point in time yeah you will absolutely see that um, we're gonna, just as a whole, as a globe, Abs, we're going to see a more crypto-friendly approach, I think, moving forward. 45% Johnny Crypto. Yes. Give me a 30-second 30,
0: 30 statement on that because I think a lot of people forget America still controls these markets as pessimistic as
1: people are. Yes, they do. Think about that. That's one country controlling more than the, almost half the world's wealth. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, that that's why the U.S. matters. And, and why you know I think the US will catch up pretty quick and we're, we're way, way behind on the blockchain side and development and all that right now it's all happening overseas but once we start getting money flowing back into this space and more clarity from the regulatory agencies you you will see the U.s catch up quickly will we ever get to become a leader in this? I don't know but we'll certainly catch up where we're not laggards like we are today from a technology utility perspective. From a cryptocurrency perspective, that's a different thing, and that's still going to be – you know nobody wants to hear it, but we're still in that – I don't have the curve up today. But we're still in that speculative phase as we're moving towards the S-curve to utility. We're in – we're somewhere in between after we get past this bull run, and it's going to take a while. And, yes, the U.S. has a ton of debt. Okay, first of all, the whole world – No,
0: no, no. We don't have the time. I just wanted to throw that No, no.
1: The whole world's (laughs) made up of debt. I mean, listen – We're not taught when I say you money, it's debt, right? The the whole thing is set up on debt. If you listen to Coach JV, you'll know how it works. And of course, so we have 45% of the debt. That's fine. And that's how the money, that that is money. That's how it works, unfortunately.
0: Shout out to Coach JV, our fearless leader, guys. And we're going to check out this interview right now or this latest update as JP Morgan is testing tokenized portfolios with the Avalanche blockchain. And here's what's shocking. It's all done privately, Johnny. This is an important conversation we're going to have, and we'll close out the show with this article right here. JP Morgan's blockchain arm, Onyx, has collaborated with a suit of industry startups to create a proof of concept that should show how tokenization can help better manage financial assets. This project's name was Project Guardian and was designed specifically to enable fund managers to tokenize their portfolios on chosen blockchains. Wealth managers could also purchase and rebalance their positions across different interoperable blockchain networks. The blockchain stacks chosen for this proof of concept were the Provenance blockchain, JP Morgan's own Onyx digital assets, and the Avalanche blockchain, the third one that was chosen here. We're going to skip right into the public versus private chat right now. It is important to note that access was limited to a few select participants on private blockchain networks. So the transactions won't show up on public blockchain explorers. And then it goes on to list a couple examples. Although example transactions are detailed in a recent JP Morgan and Apollo report. So what they're saying is they're leveraging private aspects of a public blockchain. Oh my goodness, guys. (laughs) This is like a a very bad catalyst because one of the things that I don't like about this article is that they're leveraging Onyx in collaboration with AVAX. So they're getting the privacy part that they want, and they're getting the the technology that they need. But we're not
1: profiting off of any of it. So I don't know if I outlined that very well, but oh, no, you did great. I told you that was going to happen. I told you exactly this was going to happen. They were going to go to private chain that we can't invest in, and then when they want to communicate to the outside world, they'll use a public chain to communicate. But it's all going to be all the main funding and all the main growth will be on pro- public. Uh, will be on private. They we can't invest in. You can't invest in Ox. You can't invest in R3 or Corda. You you know, you just can't happen. And that's sad because that's where the big growth is going to be. Because like we always say, do what they do, not what they say. And JP Morgan is running on Ox. And there ain't nothing we can do to join it. We can't get a part of it. And that, unfortunately, is a sad part of reality apps. Uh, Yeah, you know, you can invest in Avax, which is the public chain that's going to communicate. But the real value is going to be on the private stuff that we're not going to be able to access. So I agree with you. This was my concern from day one. And unfortunately, you're going to have a lot of companies creating private blockchains that the public is not going to be able to invest in. Do you think we're going to see any profitability
0: for AVAX based on that news there? Because what is interesting is that they're leveraging the technology of AVAX with the privacy of Onyx. Maybe there's some profit to be made. I'm being
1: optimistic. What do you think? It depends on if AVAX, the technology itself, generates profits on the actual blockchain itself. You know, you know. So are there seller fees and are there volumes that are going to drive the price of AVAX up? You know, so if, if there's enough daily trade volume on it for its use case, its utility case, then possibly. But that's where you need it to be. You know, driving a ton of different things, and that's the real question that none of us know right now is what is the value that is going to be driven on that blockchain and can it be extracted to AVAX? Do you need the token itself? And in, in, in to, you know, does that token price get driven up by the use of its chain? Those kinds of things are the answers you need to, to see of how, and some do and some don't. That's what we have to figure out. And this is the live
0: chat question we asked Johnny Crypto, but let's just spend 30, 40 seconds here on the AVAX price chart because obviously it responded positively to the news. Look at how it's performed over the last month or so. The rest of the market has been trending up, but it's projects like AVAX, Matic, Solana. These are the tokens that seem to be performing well. And look at me, rookie mistake. I have the comment right in front of the price chart. So there we go, guys. Now you can see it for sure. The AVAX accumulation was long and it was depressing. XRP, sorry, AVAX went all the way up to peak bull run price. Let me just pull it up here, guys, because I can't even remember off the top of my head. It was all the way at 150 bucks, $147 at the peak of the market. If this token traded as low as $9 during the bear market in 2022, and look at where we are today. We're steadily climbing, going from about $9 in the beginning of November to clearly today we topped out at 24 bucks. Johnny Crypto, trending in the right direction. And I got to think this is correlated. I don't think the liquidity from the trial is pumping the news, but I think the news is driving liquidity into AVAX. What do you think about that assumption?
1: Well, it started moving around October... Nineteenth. When did the news come out, Abs? This just come out now. Let me check. Seventeen hours ago. Okay, so you're talking about this started pumping three weeks ago. So you could argue that you know this may be a kind of dump. This may be the look at it, it is pretty. It is pretty stretched out there. That's some serious big green candles. Don't be surprised if now we're in the dump mode, right? So people were buying the rumor. Now they're going to sell. Look this at the movie. volume. Yeah. Yeah. Serious this too. is going to get, this is going to get dumped. I, I would imagine we're going to see a major dump here on that kind of news. Um, makes perfect sense, you know, cause it's some serious green candles. So let's keep an eye on it. But I do think that in the end, AVAX is still a good long-term play. I think it'll retest, you know, I think it's what, well, Hey, there he what is, is. All right, Ryan Waters about? <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I was planning to reach out to him this week to see if he wants to come on in December. So, because uh, we talked about bringing him on in December, I got to know what my calendar. We got to do uh, it. So, i would be reaching out to you, Waters. Check your email. Thank uh, you so much, Waters. But, but, uh, but, but, ABS. I do believe that you know, in the long run, AVAX is gonna, I think it'll it'll be one of those that's going to be a big name player. It's going to be one of those in the next bull run that I think will we'll retest its all time high. I'm I'm excited for AVAX because I think it just has a lot of potential and utility there. So. Uh, you know, one of those that I, I think, yeah, you could double your money right now, or you could sit and hold and see what it looks like in the bullroom. Thank you, Johnny. And we got 384 live listeners here.
0: We're gonna close this out by addressing the live qu- live chat question that we asked at the end of the show today. So the votes are low, but that's that's only because this was up for 15 minutes. What do you believe will be more impactful for the XRP price? A US XRP ETF, 67% said yes, and a ripple IPO, 32% said a ripple IPO. Is going to be more impactful than an XRP ETF, Johnny. I want someone to explain this to me. I genuinely think I must be missing something, but I don't know why it would increase the price of XRP. So if anybody can explain it, throw it in the live chat. I'm humbly asking right now. But we're gonna close this thing out the same way. Oh, we all- well,
1: Let me chime in there. So oh, the IPO is not going to increase the price of XRP for long-term sustainability. Will you get a a, a pump, you know, hype? Yeah, maybe. But it's the other way around, Abs. The price of XRP is certainly going to affect the price of the Ripple IPO. Do you know why? I think you know why. Because Ripple owns a good chunk of of XRP. So the higher the price of XRP, the higher the price of Ripple's assets or its books. And the higher its books are, the higher its valuation is. So it's in XRP, Ripple's best interest to do a public IPO when XRP is at its highest price. So it absolutely wants to see a $3 or $4 XRP. Could you imagine the valuation of Ripple if it's holding, I don't know, what do they hold? $50 billion, I think they have a 50, or 40 42. billion. $42 billion XRP at $4 a price instantly puts it at a minimum on their books. That's $160 billion sitting on your books. Just from something that went from a dollar to $4 or where we're at, $0.80, cent, right? So that is absolutely going to drive the price of the IPO stock price, which when you said, Johnny, you're going to sell. Absolutely, because that ain't sustainable. But it's not the other way around. The Ripple IPO is not going to help the XRP price. It's just the opposite. The XRP price will help Ripple. Now, the answer to answer your question, I agree with the audience. Which will be more impactful to the XRP price? Not the IPO. That's a short-term little blip. But an XRP ETF, absolutely, because now, again, like we talked about Bitcoin apps, you have to buy the underlying fund. That's going to buy, take take supply out. It's going to drive volume up, and that's going to definitely pump up the price of XRP and maybe even set a new base level of what it can stay at. So 100%, the XRP ETF will, well, will absolutely be way more impactful to the overall price of XRP than the IPO, in my opinion. That's my eight cents.
0: Think about this too, guys. When they launch an ETF product, look at what Chainlink's product. There's a Grayscale has a Chainlink product. Grayscale has a um, a Solana product. Mm-hmm. If you look at how they're trading right now, there's four million dollars in that Solana fund. It's trading at a 896. percent What's Crazy. the word I'm looking for above yeah. the market?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking Appreciate about. Appreciation, no. yeah.
0: Appreciation meaning if you meaning if you want to buy one Solana in the Grayscale trust. And it's a twenty dollars price point. If
3: you are,
1: are going $20. to pay just under two hundred dollars per yeah. token. So, and, they, and that say they say that tells you that that's what the smart money thinks the real valuation of Solana is. Crazy. And so, think about it this way too.
0: In those trusts, for example, if there was the Chainlink trust right now is trading three hundred dollars above premium. That means that fifteen dollar Chainlink is forty five dollars in this trust. Mm. That means the buying power for a twelve million dollar trust. There's thirty six million dollars trying to buy Chainlink, that's so you right. can directly see how much money is actually entering the market and backing these projects. That's yeah. another great indicator, guys, that times are changing. And we got three hundred and seventy seven live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. I want a special, a special thank you to Johnny Crypto. You went an hour and twenty five minutes. That's a that's a record, my friend. You're a trooper 25. today. We love you guys. We'll see you for Friday's episode. Conspiracy Friday will be an exciting one. Smash that like button on the way out of here. And it's like we always say, Warriors, bye. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go. Have a great Woo. day, everyone.